Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking this fine morning? Uh, I'm awesome and I'm just finishing up my smoothie of the morning. Smoothie of the morning. That's right. Is that, no, do, no alcohol yet. Do you do smoothies every morning? Uh, you know, past three or so days, yeah. My yeah? sister gave us this Nutribullet and we've been uh, Oh yeah, right, the Nutribullet. <laughs> well, before we get started, if you have any questions about personal finance, including income, debt, budgeting, or investing, shoot us an email with your question to listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. Also, we want submissions, submissions for catchphrases at the beginning. We want submissions for catchphrases at the beginning of the show, which I did not say at the beginning of this show because we need them from you. So please send them via Twitter at Money Matters Man. We really want to hear from you guys and we want to answer your questions on the show. Today is a special episode. It's Better Know a Millionaire. And today we have a guest. That's right, a guest. And his name is Michael Epstein. He's at, his website is getonlinewithme.com. His current, he's a current company. Uh, consultant for an online businesses, right? That's what you do. Michael started his company, E-Dimensional Incorporated, a manufacturer, distributor, and retailer of consumer electronics, consumer electronics while in college with $500 and generated $1 million in sales in the first year. And he bought and revamped other struggling online businesses. Since then, he became a millionaire by 30 years old. That's my age. Originally from D.C., uh, the University of Maryland. Now he lives in South Florida with his wife and two daughters. And let's say hello to Michael. Michael, how are you this morning? Excellent. Good morning, guys. Good morning. So this is our Better Know a Millionaire show, and we want to know how you became a millionaire. Sure. Uh, it was one of those overnight success stories that took 10 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so we, I was in college, and... At the same time, I was actually working as an IT director at a small management consulting firm uh, and uh, learning, e you know, learning about e-commerce. This was around 2000 um, when the dot-coms were still kind of a thing. Yes. Uh, and I was always entrepreneurial and uh, always eventually looking to start my own business and and bouncing ideas off my friends. And one of my best friends from growing up was down here in South Florida, where I am now, and uh, went to Universal Studios and went on one of those 3D movie rides where you put the glasses on and the, and the uh, images pop out at oh, you. Oh, yeah. I am familiar. So he called, me, he called me up when he got out, and he said, you know what? We should make people's video games do that. And I said, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Let's do that. So the next day, we started doing the research and, and un trying to understand the technology. Uh, I was being used in commercial applications like geomapping and molecular modeling and things like that. And we decided to start a company to make it work with off-the-shelf video games. And so we created software that allowed that to happen uh, and started a company uh, that, made, that, that uh, offered these 3D glasses to make people's video games pop off the screen at them. And this was in 2000. Wow. Uh, and so we had, you know, we were working out of our respective dorm rooms. I was working another job and going to school, as I said. And he was down in, in school in South Florida. And we were uh, just doing it, kind of hustling it, with any time that we had. We had friends, you know, help us with different things from, you know, we had a, a friend that was studying web design and wanted to build his portfolio. So he helped us build our first website. We had, 
know, a friend of mine's dad was a partner in a law firm, so he agreed to help us with the incorporation in return for, you know, hopefully getting our future business and uh, just hustled our way uh, with no money, um, tried to figure out how to be creative to market the product, and uh, it really forced us to do that. And so um, it would, took us a while to figure out what we were doing, how to even get in front of our target audience. Uh, slowly started finding other websites that were related to gaming that were able to that were willing to review our product and mm-hmm. post articles about it on their site. So that really gave us a big boost without a lot of capital investment. Uh, and eventually, around right before the first Christmas season, where we had been doing you know a couple sales here and there, you know maybe a couple in a day on a good day, uh, our uh, one of our customers posted uh, about our product and how great it was on a major flight simulation website. And kind of overnight, we got a whole bunch of orders. And we call each, my, my partner and I call each other. We go, what the hell is going on? And wow. so we tracked it down to this site. And we just continue, we tried to do everything we could to capitalize on that and, said, and, and kind of went full force into this flight simulation market. Uh, and then started expanding, you know, from using what we learned uh, to expand into other types of gaming categories as well. And and by the end of that first year, we had somehow come up with a million dollars in sales. Wow! Wow, that's awesome. And Andrew, that's right up your alley with the video game stuff. Yeah, seriously, I actually can't imagine playing a flight simulator in 3D. It's got to be so cool. And you can yeah, use any could- TV, right? Uh, this was for, you know, right. It was primarily for the computer at this time Ah, okay. when we first started. So using a regular computer monitor, just the regular monitor at that time, it was the big, you know, big square box one, not the flat screen. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, you would just put it on and gave you a real sense of depth perception, which was great for people who were flying planes. Uh, so yeah, we just uh, then just continued to kind of roll from there, expanded, um, expanded into these other categories, started expanding our product line into other gaming peripherals that we were manufacturing and selling through our website and then ultimately through retail stores. Uh, he Eventually, we moved uh, into a basement of a townhouse in Northern Virginia because, again, this was the dot-com days. Sure. Northern Virginia was the AOL hotspot and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought that's where we needed to be. So we started out there and and then realized uh, after a few years and around the time the, the dot-com crashed that didn't need to be there anymore. And, and that brought us down to South Florida where we, we remained until we sold the company. And when you were in college, did you go to college for business or for engineering or anything or anything that's related to what you're doing now? Yeah, it was f- for business. I'm, I'm okay. really on the, the business and management side, but I have, a, um, I, I really enjoy technology and how, and utilizing technology in business, but I'm certainly not an engineer. I know just enough to be able to talk to the smart people about <laughs> right. what to do. And you still own this company? No, we, it was acquired last year. Um, okay. e- e-dimensional was the one that was acquired last year. And then I, I took, a about a week off thought I'd yeah, give yourself a little break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I said, you know what I've been doing that. I've been working crazy for 14 years or so. I'm just going to take it easy, relax. And then my, uh, you know, I, I'm not good. I realized very quickly that I'm not good at doing that. So, so you're just a guy that likes to work. 
Yeah, I enjoy I enjoy it. So I've been doing consulting till that, uh, since then. That's the get online with me. Okay, uh, which is which has been really enjoyable because I can apply everything that I've kind of learned over the years and help other businesses, especially ones that are starting out with you know limited resources, understand what it really takes to to become successful. Speaking of uh, limited resources, like what kind of sacrifices do you have to make to get this going? I mean, you're in college, you're working. It sounds like you were really busy. Yeah, definitely working crazy amounts of hours. You know, till uh, you know, not, on not much sleep. We, you know, we were we, as you said, we started with no money, so we had to be really creative with how with our marketing and anything that we spent money on. Uh, you know, our big. Our big move was to the basement of this low-rent townhouse in Alexandria, Virginia, <laughs> where we slept on the floor until we could... Uh, actually, one of the products that we introduced was a gaming chair um, that had speakers built in and vibration, and, and my partner actually slept in one of those for a couple of weeks because we didn't even have furniture for like <laughs> a while. <laughs> so we... Uh, yeah, we, we really were conservative, and, and to, be, to be honest, I think that uh, it was a big benefit to build the business that way. I think that it held us extremely accountable for every dollar that we spent and forced us to kind of be very creative with how we, we uh, marketed ourselves and our product. And, you know, we saw companies that were in similar, you know, in, within our industry raise lots and lots of money and they uh, didn't really know what to do with it and, and they didn't last all that long. Yeah, so you uh, sacrificed. You didn't. You, I mean, you graduated, right? Did you end up graduating? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I did graduate, and after, and uh, to to jump back a second, just to tie it all together, mm-hmm. the the biz, the company that I was working for is uh, the at the the management consulting firm firm that I was working for at the time actually was hit by the the dot com crash and. And the financial markets tightening up, and so they ended up um, closing up shop. Essentially, they closed the whole office where we were, and and moved a couple guys to another location. That was the end of that. And I, and it that was actually the catalyst that I think forced me to say we need to we need to to move into this full time and dedicate ourselves to it and make it successful because we're graduating in a you know in a few months and. You know, we, we either need to get a real job or this needs to work. So, so let me get this straight. You were going to college, you had a job, and you were also doing the side business. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, so did was, you sleep at all or is that – You know, <laughs> I now at 35, I there are a lot of things that I say, how did my body ever handle these things? <laughs> you know, when <laughs> I was Did Red younger. Bull exist then? <laughs> you know, it, it didn't. I just uh, – I, you know, we just, we just did what it took. Yeah. That's a sac- That's a huge, huge sacrifice. Yeah. And it, you know, and, and in some cases it meant missing out on some social things, but we tried not to, you know, let that impact us that much. And, you know, also, when you're in, when you're that age, you, you, you don't, and you don't have a family and, uh, you know, you don't, you don't care about some of the material things and, and you don't care about you know some of the lifestyle things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could sleep on the floor and we could do what we needed to do. Um, uh, and you know, we we could put all our time into it and not have other obligations like family obligations that we were committed to. And so, 
you know, it was, it, there was definitely a lot of sacrifices made during that period, but, um, you know, it was enjoyable too. It was a learning experience. We were enjoying what we were doing. Um, and it was, and as it, we started to see success, it became really rewarding. And so it, it felt all worthwhile. So be, as you started to see success, and I want to fast forward because now you're, I don't want to say quote unquote, sitting pretty, uh, you're still out there working. You're not, you're not, you're not retired yet. Um, so have you kept some of those, you know, bootstrapping day mentality to your current life now as a millionaire? Yeah, I think that it's kind of become ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. Um, and not to say, I wouldn't call myself cheap, but certainly, um, knowing what it took to knowing everything that went into accumulating every dollar that I have in my bank account today uh, and and knowing what I went through to achieve it, just make you, know, you have a different feeling towards it than I think had that had that come differently. That's so, interesting. Uh, I think that you know I'm certainly very conscious of um, you know what things cost, and and while I can certainly have a, a, afford a different lifestyle than than at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still something I don't think I'll ever be someone that can just totally spend without ever thinking what it costs. It may not bother me because it doesn't impact me in terms of, you know, can I afford it or can I not? It's, but in terms of being conscious of what things cost and, um, absolutely. And, and definitely being in the consulting in doing consulting now where clients are paying me hourly. It's, I find it kind of interesting where, uh, you know, I, I look at expenses in terms of actually how many hours of work it's it's going to take me to to earn that amount of money. Whereas, <laughs> right. you know, when you had a business and it was running twenty four hours a day, and you had you know things that were scaling differently than working as a c- individual consultant, uh, it just you know it felt different than when you're when you're tied to your your earnings are tied to exactly how many minutes you put in. Yeah. So do you buy lower cost things or do you like, do you splurge here and there? Um, I do both. I think that I, I would, um, I like to splurge on things when it's, when, you know, it's something that would mean something to myself or my family Uh and, and really feel worthwhile to us. But I don't go out and just spend needlessly and I definitely don't go out and, and spend carelessly or um, cause that's not a way that you're going to, uh, retain the wealth that you've built. And again, in the fact that, you know, what it took to earn it, I'm not just going to go blow it on something that I think is totally, totally ridiculous. But, um, but if it's something, you know, that, that we feel, you know, would, we would really enjoy, then it's nice to have the flexibility to do that. Interesting. So now that you are this, what's the, all right, so let's, What's the worst thing about being having this money? Um, I think that in a lot of ways, it actually actually feel more pressure in some ways, which uh, might sound counterintuitive to people because in, in, you would think that once you you know accumulate some wealth or have some success, that it takes away pressure, and it does in a way because I don't necessarily have to have to prove myself that I'm capable of something, but in in other ways. Um, I feel like now that I've, um, having done this, I feel pressure to kind of 
maintain that standard and and even replicate it again because I'm young enough where I I feel like I've got another act or two in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like there's almost a little more pressure uh, because you know, the, as I you know, get involved in different projects and things like that, people just expect a lot from me because uh, you know, I've I've demonstrated it and and I kind of present myself as somebody who's had some achievements and so that's what's expected of me. Whereas when you had no success, nobody really expected anything from you. So like P Diddy, mo money, mo problems. <laughs> in some ways, yeah. I mean, it's it's liberating in some ways to not, but you know, to know that you know. Whereas you know, when we were first starting out, it was always a question of, um, you know, are we gonna, you know, what's gonna happen next month? Can we pay our bills? And I don't have that worry, but um, but at the same time, uh, yeah, there's there's pressure in different ways, and you know, having a family and things like that have changed. Uh, my perspective on a lot of things as well, and and I have to be able to continue to provide for them. So that's that's just a different aspect. And to follow up, are you are you happy now? Oh, definitely. Cool. Definitely, and I'm I in, I'm happy to have had the experience. I'm happy to have been able to to have a successful exit from that company mm-hmm. and be able to move on and pick and choose what I want to do. That was really my goal: is to to do something. Um, that I could build and then monetize in a way to give me a lot of flexibility for the, the rest of my kind of career. Andrew, do you have any questions? Yeah. Uh, so what's the, like the best and worst thing about being a millionaire and like, what's something that you didn't expect before you were a millionaire that, that is like truth now for you? Hmm. Um, I think to answer your second question first, um, Something that something that really changed was having a family change my perspective significantly on money in general. Hmm. Um, so, you know, when I was when I was first starting this company, and even I always, I mean, I was always entrepreneurial. I was bussing tables at my neighbor's restaurant at thirteen. I was doing the, you know, I was had a car wash business for my high school summer job at you know fifteen or sixteen, and you know like a lot of people, just very entrepreneurial. And it was always about just making money, put in whatever, put in whatever hours it took to make more money, do whatever, you know, money was the, you know, the goal here. And then, um, as I just kind of got older and, and most dramatically when, uh, when I had, uh, my kids, it just really start. you know, I looked at money really as a way to just provide, um, you know, give me flexibility to, to spend more time with my family and provide things for them that made them happy mm-hmm. as opposed to something that was just accumulating material things. I look at people who have a lot of money and, and, and host big family get-togethers and use that as a way to kind of make it that much more enticing for everyone to, to join you know, by being able to fly them all from wherever they are in the world to family get-togethers and take them on trips together. And I look at that and say, that's a great way to, if I, you know, that's a great way to spend wealth, not on necessarily just buying the, the Material stuff. most expensive car or the, the biggest wardrobe. Speaking of which, what kind of car do you drive? Uh, I have a BMW, the 3 Series convertible. 
three series convertible. I had a three series, three twenty eight XI. Yeah, they drive great. Love them, but they cost so much money to maintain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think at a certain point you have to treat yourself, though. I mean, look, you you did a lot of sacrificing when you were younger. Did you have any of your previous businesses or anything that you've done leading up to this be a huge failure? Yeah, I think that one thing I've done well is manage risk. Uh, And I'm I'm fairly conservative by nature. You can probably tell from just kind of how I speak. But um, I... I take risks because it's critical to take risks in business, um, uh, and you're you know you've got to evolve your business, and especially when you know when we were in business for 14 years, we our business totally changed within that time period. But um, you know, understand managing that risk effectively was something that um, was important where we could test the waters of something that we were doing without putting the whole company in jeopardy by doing it. So whether it was an, a new product and um, and we didn't know for sure how well it was going to do, negotiating terms that allowed us to maybe not uh, procure as much quantity at first, even if it meant, you know, higher price point or something like that to, to test the waters. If it was a colossal failure, then, you know, we it hurt, but it didn't kill us. And same thing with advertising campaigns, things of that nature where we set up terms that allowed us to kind of have outs if things weren't performing as expected, um, things like that. So did we have failures? Absolutely. Probably almost every day <laughs> it, we had something that didn't go as expected. Right. Um, and But I, I consider all those really important learning experiences. And um, as long as we didn't lose our, you know, totally lose our shirts on them, then, you know, it was worth the, the learning experience and then we could make a better decision next time. Right. So you, uh, you hustled, you failed, but you got to where you are. And do you, now that you like have this, you used to, I imagine you started by managing everything yourself. You manage your own money yourself, right? Do you still do that? Right. Or do you have someone else now that kind of like takes care of it for you? Uh, I have um, a, um, management firm that I have probably the bulk of my cash with. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a, a wealth management firm, and um, I, I like I like using them because this particular firm uh, has uh, manages a lot of very wealthy individuals, and and they don't have individuals making uh, investment decisions for you. Like you don't have a an investment advisor that just picks your stocks for you or picks your mutual funds. They aggregate it amongst kind of the entire firm. And, and so I'm getting the same advice that a guy that, you know, and I'm getting the same allocation that a guy with a billion dollars is getting. Wow. Just in, you know, obviously a much smaller proportion. Um, so that's, so that allows me to sleep at night thinking, you know, the, the clientele that they have is getting the same advice that I have. And if that guy trusts them, then I should be able to sleep at night thinking I should be, you know, I should be okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then I do, I, I still like to hold on to, you know, a chunk myself just to have available to make other types of investments, whether it's lending club or um, picking stocks just on my own, just kind of, more for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also have 
pretty active real estate portfolio as well. So we put um, put a considerable amount in there, um, and that's been a learning experience too. It's almost in some ways it's like running a little business and yeah. make lots of mistakes along the way. But we're learning as we go, and um, it's a it's a good way to kind of diversify as well and not have it all in one place. So you just keep that money growing. Yeah, definitely. A big thing was trying to find uh, opportunities to put the money to work for us so mm-hmm. that we could create more passive income streams. So you have this this growing bank account. Have you ever, and this is a question that came in from a listener, have you ever gone into a place and just said like, I'm just going to make it rain here? It doesn't have to, <laughs> I'm not, I don't necessarily mean like a strip club or anything, but just anywhere where you're like, you know what, let's throw a huge party. Let's do something crazy. Um. <laughs> you said you're conservative, so I'm going to assume no, but maybe you have a story. Uh, I, I kind of did a few things like that more when I was younger, when I was younger and with the, since when we sold the company, I was kind of buttoned down at home with my family because my kids are almost four and almost two. So when we, when the company was acquired and the bulk of the money kind of came in, uh, it, I wasn't really going out to that many <laughs> exciting places, but definitely did some splurging on things. And uh, but I I wouldn't say that I ever necessarily made it rain, but right. certainly buying rounds and things like that, particularly when we were a little younger, was uh, was something fun that we could do when we started having some success. Yeah, and it was sort of of a celebration. Yeah, totally. So uh, the last question I have before we wrap up is. What's the single most important thing you've learned about yourself or money in general after becoming a millionaire? Uh, I think it, it goes back to the question that Andrew was asking about um, and, and what I was talking about, the perspective of just what money, kind of what type of happiness that can bring mm-hmm. uh, and how my perspective has changed. Just really enjoy the opportunity to do fun things with my family and um, and splurge on nice things as well. If it's a really nice dinner with my wife or buying her something for putting up with me during this whole period of time, I've, I've known my, my wife has been with me since really the beginning and anybody who can put up with that entrepreneurial journey from start to finish is, um, is a pretty remarkable person. But, um, so I, you know, I definitely enjoy being able to splurge on things here and there, but, but just, you know, learning that money is not the goal. It's just, it's just giving you some of that flexibility and 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 uh, making things a little easier to, and and being able to enjoy more time with the people that you really care about is what really matters. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to end. Unless Andrew, you have any other questions you'd like to ask? I was just going to say that was that was well said. That was an awesome yeah. ending right there. I could resonate with that. Excellent. Cool. Michael, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. And I mean, look, you're, you're saying like you, you were, you're conservative, but uh, you know, you, 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 you made your money, you sacrificed, you worked hard, you got where you were, you got where you are today by working really hard since you were 13 years old, right? Yep. You, you sacrificed a lot to get there and now you can sort of enjoy life, but you're working as well. You're still going. It's not like you just made your money and you went away and you know maybe bought a house in Cabo and just stayed there for the rest of your life. You're actually continuing to provide, you know, a service to you know people out there yeah. that need it. So that's great. Yeah, definitely. I enjoy and I enjoy it, and that's important too. Being, having the flexibility to do things that you really enjoy is uh, is important. 
Cool. Well, I uh, thanks again for ha- uh, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It was great. Yeah. All right. So thanks for hanging out with us, guys. And today, uh, remember, if you have any questions you'd like us to answer, please email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We really want to hear from you guys. And if you like this show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. We really need those reviews, guys. We are at four and a half stars and we want to get back to five. So also, uh, we always talk about this free money management tool called Mint. Do you use Mint? I do, actually. There you go. A millionaire uses Mint. Everyone should use Mint. And we have a book called Mastering Mint, which you can find at MasteringMint.com. Just enter promo code podcast, and you will get $5 off. It's Michael approved. Uh, last but not least, <laughs> last but not least, if you want to learn more about personal finance and money management, we're always writing new stuff and posting up new episodes at ListenMoneyMatters.com. So that's it. Thanks again for hanging out with us, Michael. We look forward to the next episode. Later, guys. Later.